Well, good morning and thanks for tuning in with us today. Maybe this is your first time joining us or maybe it's your second time or maybe you've been uh, part of this church for a very long time and this is a place that you call home and so each and every week you make sure that you tune in and just receive what it is that God has for you today. Just wanna warmly welcome all of you. Uh, my name's Tim and I get to the privilege of being the lead pastor here at Shepherd's Gate. And uh, we, again, find ourselves in kind of these interesting times. Uh, if you didn't know, this is actually week 10 of doing church at home, where we pre-record the services and then we broadcast them into your homes. Uh, in fact, this week, uh, we were really hoping to be able to, to broadcast live. Uh, but then when the stay-at-home mandate was extended, uh, we realized that we weren't able to do that. And so right now, what you're watching has been pre-recorded and our our worship team, which I'm so thankful for them that came in, uh, were able to pre-record the songs uh, that, that, that we're singing today for part of our worship service. And I was kind of thinking this in, in view of habits and, and how many of us, you know, we've formed new habits and we've talked about new routines and what this looks like for our lives. And so I did a little research online and so many people talk about how it takes 21 days to form a new habit but then you have all of these other experts that say, well, that's actually not true. It actually takes 66 days to form a new habit. And uh, as I got out the calendar, as I began counting, uh, pretty much the days since, since we started this journey in Michigan of being advised to stay at home, uh, that today is actually day 55 of being under the stay at home mandate. 55 days, can you believe that? 55 days, uh, it, it seems kind of surreal and I don't know about you, but I'm fighting making this a new habit or a new routine. Uh, I definitely don't want to get used to having to talk into a camera. Uh, I definitely don't want to get used to having to talk to an empty room. I miss all of you. I really do. I miss telling jokes. I mean, our, our people were asking me, what's the thing you miss most? And you know me, I love to use humor and messages and being able to tell a joke and, and to hear you laugh. Uh, I miss seeing your faces. I especially miss right after service through our doors, just being able to talk and to hear and to catch up on what's going on in your lives. Uh, but for whatever reason, God has us in this season and in this time. And uh, just as we looked at last week, as in fact, my wife who joined me last week for the message reminded me to keep going back to Romans chapter eight. Uh, this is where we left off last week, Romans chapter eight in verse 28, it says this. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And so over and over again, just reminding myself all week long that in some way, in some shape, in some form, God is working his good. And for me to keep my eyes fixed on him, to encourage you to keep your eyes fixed on him, knowing that he's continuing to work something out in all of this. And even today, uh, as we continue our series that, that we've titled Called and Loved, uh, today is part five of that six-part series. And uh, we're going to finish up Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 happens to be one of my favorite chapters in all of the Bible. In fact, that's why we actually dedicated three solid weeks to Romans 8 as Ben kicked us off at the beginning of May. And then today we're going to look at the last half of Romans chapter 8, because I just believe there's so much goodness in there. There's just so much truth for us to be able to apply to our lives. And you might not know this about Romans, uh, but it was a letter that was written by Paul to a church in Rome. 
And up to this point, he's only actually uh, talked about the Holy Spirit once or twice. And then you get to Romans chapter 8. You get to this incredible chapter, and you actually find out that uh, Paul actually talks about the Holy Spirit 19 times. 19 times he mentions the Holy Spirit. Some people uh, refer to Romans chapter 8 as the Holy Spirit's chapter. Like he gets his own chapter in Romans. And really what it comes down to is just encouragement for you and for me in that we continue day in and day out to be led by the Holy Spirit. So again, as we springboard off of last week, that in all things, God works for the good to those who love him, to those who've been called according to his purpose. Let's look at this final part of Romans chapter 8 and see what God would speak to us today. And if you have a Bible at your home, you want to grab that, that's great. Uh, You're going to see the words on the screen. And it says this, starting in verse 31, it says this, What then shall we say in response to this? Right, knowing that he works all things in, a, in for our good, what is our response? If God is for us, well, then who can be against us? I mean, just let that sink in, sink in for a moment. If God is the one who is for us, and he's constantly working his good on our behalf, then who really, at the end of the day, can be against us? And we know that we live in kind of a polarized society. We live with kind of a lot of different things coming at us, and it can feel like, you know, that we're being inundated with all of these different things. But yet, remember this. God, even in all of that, is for you, and he's for me. That he's for our good, and that he's for our families, and that he wants to do something in our lives that maybe we don't even comprehend right now. Maybe it's not going to even be revealed to us in a month or three months or six months or maybe even a year from now. But again, that God is working for our good. He goes on to say, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? And I don't know about you, but I, some of the things that, that, that I miss the most is not just our, our corporate gathering here as a church and, and being able to fellowship afterwards, but even the simple things, don't, don't you find that to be true? Even the idea of going out to a restaurant and having to be able to interact with people and have somebody actually serve you food and take your order. And some of the other simple things of just being able to get together with friends and families and celebrate birthdays and celebrate special events. And you know, even as a church, as we're looking at what that looks like for us here for the future as this last you know, month, we would have normally celebrated our first communion and confirmation students and would have celebrated with them. And so now we're brainstorming some creative ideas of what this might look like for the future. And I'm actually getting excited about it because this might be an opportunity for us to do something uh, that, that is just way out there that, that nobody else is doing so that our students know how much they are loved and they are cared for. And that even in this, God can work for their good. So stay tuned for that. But look at what it goes on to say in our text. Who's going to bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God. And then look at what it says. And is also interceding for us. Let me think about that for a moment. That Jesus Christ, who was born, 
who walked this earth, who experienced every human feeling and emotion that we experience, who even knows what it felt like to be tempted to sin, yet was without sin, who ultimately went on a cross and died for you and for me, that he would rise from the dead three days later. He did all of that incredible stuff. You would say, okay, I think his job's done. I think his work is complete. No, he sits at the right hand of God the Father, and it says he also is interceding for us, that he's praying for us, that we are on his mind, that he cares about what we're going through. And it's interesting because if you joined us last week, you might remember that, that Paul talked about how the Holy Spirit is also interceding for us. And if we jump back to that, if we jump back to Romans 8.26, look at what it says. It says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. So just kind of understand what's taking place in this text, what, what this is speaking to us, that as we looked at last week, that the Holy Spirit is actually searching our hearts and our emotions, and he's bringing those concerns that we have to God. And not only is the Holy Spirit doing that, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is also praying for us. The, the two of them together are bringing these requests to God. That's how much we are loved. That's how much God has us on his mind. And that's how much God is calling people to himself. And so if you don't know who Jesus is and Maybe you're new to this whole thing called Christianity. Maybe you're tuning in because you did a Google search and we were the church that popped up. Hear me today. You are not listening to this by accident. That God is calling you to himself. That God wants to reveal himself to you and bring you closer to him than you've ever been before. And these are words of comfort. These are words of hope for you and for me today. That we have a God that not only created us, that not only sent his son to to die and to take our place and to take the punishment that we deserve, but that day in and day out, he's actually praying for us and concerned about what it is that we are struggling with. I want you to see what it says next. Let's see what it says next in verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long, and we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Think about that for a moment. That in all of these things, all of these things that Paul experienced when he was on this earth, all these things that, that followers of Jesus have experienced in all of these realms when they've been on this earth as well, Yet he says in all of these areas, in all of these circumstances, God's love never ceases. God never abounds, God never stops abounding in his grace and his mercy for you and for me. And then he goes on to say this, this is really cool in verse 37. It says this, now in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. The fact that we are more than conquerors. It's not that we have to conquer anything. It's that we're actually more than conquerors. And the reason that we're more than conquerors is because of what Jesus Christ has already done for us. And if you're not familiar with the Bible, or maybe you just need to be reminded of this truth, as you look at all of the accounts in Scripture, as you go back and you look at all of the letters and the books uh, throughout all of Scripture, you can see over and over again 
the way that God works in and through the lives of his people, how he puts them in circumstances, how he has them go through trials and situations, how he has them go through valleys in life. Yet each and every time, God is the one that's at work. God is the one that's rescuing his people. God is the one who's protecting his people. God is the one who's guiding his people. God is ultimately the one who delivers his people. Reminds me of one story in the Old Testament in Exodus when God's people were enslaved in Egypt. And God used this man named Moses to deliver the people out of Egypt. And he, he takes them into the desert. And they're in the, in the desert for this period of time, which they don't know how long they're going to be in the desert for. And wouldn't you know, people begin to grumble. People begin to complain. And they finally get to this one moment, this one spot. And, and all of a sudden, they look back and they can see the people that held them in captivity are now starting to come toward them. Their chariots are racing toward them. The, this army is coming toward them. And this fear grips their hearts and their lives. And on the other side, all they see is this huge sea that's between them and the promised land that God had promised to them. And I want you to see what, what God told Moses to tell the people. This was God's word for, for them at this, at this time in their journey in, in this world. He said this, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Can you imagine hearing those words, knowing that, that you've been wandering around in this wilderness, that, that you've been you know, relying on God for everything that you could possibly need, including your, your daily food, and you finally get to this point where it looks like there's no hope for the future, and how are you going to cross this big body of water and now all of a sudden, not only is that you know, a horrible circumstance, but now this army is coming at you to take you captive again. And what does Jesus say? Don't worry. I got this. You stand still and you watch what it is that I can do in this moment. And what it is going to be is going to be unbelievable. In fact, you're going to tell this story. You're going to recount this story for generations to come, which is exactly what happened. As Moses st stretched out his hand and as the sea was parted and as all of God's people walked through this miraculous thing that took place, walked through the sea. And as those soldiers were coming toward them, that at just the right moment, that the water collapsed and that they were untouched by that army. And that God was actually the one that destroyed the army. God did all of the work for them. You know, you see that over and over again in Scripture and we can even see that in our lives today. We can see as we look at these things that are going on around us, we can see the hardships and, and the famine. And, and, you know, maybe you're in a circumstance where it's just getting really, really difficult. Listen to me today. God knows what you're going through. God knows that we would be at day 55 today. And God even knows how many days we have left and what this looks like on the other side. And here's my encouragement today. Keep going back to these passages of scripture. Keep allowing God to speak into your life because look at what God says next in our text. He says this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation. So whatever it is that we could come up with that frustrates us, whatever it is that we come up with that, that is just grinding our gears during this time, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I really love this because how Paul starts is that he was convinced. 
that, that he realized that he came to a point in his life with all the things that he struggled with and all the circumstances that God had him go through, that he was absolutely convinced of the truth of God's word, that God is continuing to watch over us, that God is continuing to provide for us. And maybe we're not having all of our wants met as simple as going out to eat or maybe some of the other things that, that we miss or, or we, that we used to enjoy, but that God each and every day promises to provide for our needs, which is what he continues to do. So today, I don't want you to lose hope. I don't want you to think that, you know, this is never going to come to an end. I don't want you to think that God is not still concerned about you and even what is going on in your personal life. Realize God is continuing to reach out to you, that God is continuing to speak to you today, and he's continuing to remind you of the incredible love and the grace and the mercy that he has for you. And today we wanted to show you a special video some of you might remember the name Jeff Heisner. He was on staff here at Shepherd's Gate a short time ago and ended up taking a job at the district office. So he's now working with all of the churches within our denomination in the Michigan district. And I'm so glad that Jeff and his family are still part of our church family here at Shepherd's Gate. And he had the opportunity to interview one of the pastors in the Michigan district, Scott Sommerfeld who uh, actually uh, ended up getting COVID-19 and had to go into the hospital. And so I want you to watch this video today as we close our service. I want you to just hear these words from this pastor, from a fellow pastor, and just the way that God provided for him, the way that God brought people into his life. And you're going to see some of the un most unlikely people into his life to just speak to him and to minister to him and to remind Scott that he is a loved child of God. So let's watch this clip together. No, it's, it's been, been very humbling, uh, Jeff, to, uh, to discover, uh, you know, sometimes as it's happening, but also in the aftermath. Uh, you know, I'm getting cards from... Uh, from a congregation in, in Grand Rapids, um, you know, every week from their prayer ministry, my my mom got a uh, a phone call earlier this week from a, a friend she hadn't talked to in years, and said, you know, at my church, uh, they were praying for a Summerfeld with a COVID nineteen. I wondered if it was you or somebody in your family, and I'm like, I mean, that's well, that's all the way in Illinois, you know. <laughs> so, it's, yeah, it's really been, like I said, very, very humbling experience. Now, how are you doing right now? Um, I'm, I'm in good shape right now. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not able to keep uh, the, the pace that I like to keep. And, and so I have, to, I have to make myself slow down. If you were in my family room, which is now my, my office, you'd see off to the side, uh, a work table that I would usually have projects on now has puzzles on it. I'm, I'm on puzzle number three. <laughs> <laughs> now, how did the virus affect you? Um, so, so what happened is I, I got exposed by, by a friend. I, I know exactly when it happened and so forth. He's actually still hospitalized, which is, which is greatly on my heart. Um, and uh, so then I had a, I had a low grade, sometimes a spiked fever for uh, 11 days uh, before um, 
being hospitalized uh, five days before I wound up uh, being encouraged by a doctor friend to, uh, to go get tested. Uh, so then uh, soon after that, within 27 hours, uh, the test results came back. And then it was, you know, most likely, you know, it wasn't earth shattering news. <laughs> what really put me into the healthy category is that uh, the, the doctors were, you know, every day looking at the blood work and they, they noticed an anomaly. Um, something was going up that classically should be going down or heading steady. And they said, huh, I wonder if a course of antibiotics would actually kick him out of this. So, so they started those antibiotics and that was the beginning of relief for me. So so grateful, uh, Jeff, I, I, I can't put into words, right? I mean, I'm, I'm in a hospital room because I, I have a very severe, uh, illness that, that can lead to death. I, I, I didn't feel like that's where I was headed. Uh, but, but that's very much a possibility. And, uh, and people are coming into my room, you know, one by one, fully gowned, very, very careful, but, it's it's crazy humbling that that folks are putting themselves at risk to bring you aid. Uh, so they're not only putting themselves at risk, right? But they're going home to their to their family, to their kids, their spouse. I mean, it was that that was you know, every day. It was you know, Lord protect these people who are trying to help me and, and to help others, because uh, I would hate for them to get sick on 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 my behalf. Um, the, the second day that I was in the hospital, I had a, I had a very interesting encounter. I was sitting on the edge of the bed, uh, still disoriented uh, early on in the, in the treatment. They really hadn't found something to help me much yet. And a gentleman came in, a cleaner, to uh, you know, clean up the room. So he's wiping down the door handle to the bathroom and the fixtures and the sink. And then I hear this voice from behind me as he starts doing the sweeping of the floor. And he starts talking about how God is going to bless me and take care of me. And I hardly get to talk about it without getting choked up and how, and how his prayer is that God will make me stronger hour by hour. And he finished his job, which he did in, in an expert fashion. And then he, then he walked out. And uh, I kept thinking about something that my friend Greg Finke uh, likes to say. Uh, he likes to talk about having your head on a swivel and, and asking the question, who here needs a blessing? So I'm thinking about this man who at risk to himself is in my room uh, doing his, his grand task of, of taking care of it, which I'm grateful for. But then he has his head on a swivel and says, is there anybody in this room that could use a blessing? Not worrying about his own self, but now wanting to encourage me. He came in my room the, the, the next day and uh, did, the, did the very same thing. Cleaned the room, stood behind me, spoke that, that word of blessing. Of course, I was ready for him this time. And, uh, and so I, I thanked him for his encouragement. And, uh, and, and Jeff, I, I never saw him again. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's almost like, I mean, it was a real person, but, but you just have this sense of, uh, you know, God sending you messengers. I mean, that's what angels are, right? They're, they're messengers. 
uh, God sending a messenger. And so my my prayer has been for uh, friends of mine who are hospitalized and others that I pray for. You know, Lord, uh, send them a cleaner. Uh, send them send them somebody who's going to come into their room, come into their life. You know, because you know some of my friends are on. Uh, on ventilators or they have been right so family members can't talk to you i mean i could talk every day to my wife my kids uh, but and so my, my prayer has been lord you sent me a cleaner who are you going to send to them so so they know that you're with them that you're taking care of them that, you, that you're going to bolster their faith um yeah god is good Thanks, God and Jeff, for sharing that video with us. But let me ask you today the same question that the cleaner asked Scott. Do you need a blessing today? Do you need encouragement today? Do you need to know that God is working in your life hour by hour? Receive this blessing from our God today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may he look upon you with favor and give you his peace, knowing that you are more than a conqueror, that you can stand firm in your faith, knowing that you are more than a conqueror because of what it is that Jesus Christ has in fact done for you. And in a moment, we're going to sing this closing song. I know this is going to sound crazy because maybe you're at your kitchen table, maybe you're in your living room. Maybe you're up in your bedroom watching it on your iPhone or your iPad or whatever device that you may have. But I would encourage you as we sing this closing song to actually stand, to actually do what it is that we're singing in the song, to stand. And as you're standing and you're singing the song, realize that you are standing on the promises of God, that you are standing on the truth of God's word, and that you are standing because you are, in fact, more than a conqueror.